Hey guys, my name is Alex. Welcome back to Gray Area. And we're here this this time with Chicago-born artist Azeka. How are you today? Hey, I'm good. How are you? I am wonderful. Thanks for joining us. I uh, really appreciate you taking the time. Um, I have a strict policy against ask, asking this first question, but because your name is so unique, I have to ask where it came from. <laughs> um, so actually, um, I... My husband and I brew our own beer at home. Um, it's something that we started doing a lot, especially during the pandemic. Yeah. And um, a Zeka is actually a type of hops that you can put in like hazy IPAs. And it was one that we used in like a lot of our beer. And when I was trying to figure out what my like stage name would be, and I've been thinking about it for months, couldn't think of anything. And then we started a new batch of beer and I pulled the hops out of the freezer and I was like, oh, wow, a Zeka actually sounds kind of cool. And I changed the swelling so that it has like a bit more of like a symmetrical look. And yeah. I was like, cool, let's just go with this. <laughs> I'm glad I asked because yeah. that's a fantastic story. And I never would have guessed that's where it came from because it sounds so exotic. <laughs> I know, right? And I actually, I'm Italian and I Googled the word Zeka and it's actually an Italian word that translates to like guess or hint which I thought was kind of cool. So there's Ooh. just so many, like, I think it was just meant to be. It's so mysterious. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Now that we have that out of the way, um, I always like to start by getting into, like, a artist's background, like, going way back to, like, what your parents were listening to when you were a kid and how that helped form your musical DNA. Yeah. So my parents are both pretty much as obsessed with music as I am. I feel like my entire like childhood has a soundtrack from both my parents. My dad was super into classic rock. And so, you know, I grew up listening to like Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin, Bob Seger, like all of that from my dad. And then my mom was super into the whole like synth pop era. So, you know, like Eurythmics or like even like, you know, she was super into Blondie and just kind of like that, like really feminine, um, fun dance music back then. So yeah. that's kind of like what shaped my, and then, you know, I have an older brother and he was really, really into really like hard rock music. So, um, you know, Rage Against the Machine, Radiohead, like all of that stuff. So I've just been listening to all different types of music my whole life. And I think that's really kind of influenced where I'm at now because I don't really like to file my music under any specific type of genre. That's interesting that you say that because I find that, I feel like kids that grew up, and I feel like you grew up around the same time that I did, having that kind of background were like, I always feel like I hear dads listen to classic rock and moms listen to like, like dancey pop music. Like <laughs> I hear this story over and over again, but it kind of like breeds this idea of like anti-genreism mm -hmm. where, where it's, you don't want to classify your music. And even when you DJ, you DJ across the wide spectrum of music as well. Do you think that's true? Yeah, definitely. I think that my DJ sets, like one, probably my like biggest takeaway that I want people to have when they leave my DJ set is that I don't stick to one genre. I'm like going left, right, up, down. We're doing, you know, heavy things into really light, light things, you know, and that's what I like to hear. And that's what I've always liked to listen to. So I want to like take people on a journey through like a bunch of different emotions and feelings in my sets. I love to hear that. So what happened when you started venturing out on your own and discovering your own musical tastes? Because I know that kind of changes things for everybody. Yeah, definitely. I think I really clung on to um, the sort of like electronic rock 
um, at a really young age. I got really into, you know, like from Pink Floyd to Radiohead to even Nine Inch Nails, like everything that had that sort of dark uh, electronic rock like feeling um, was where I really like started getting into electronic music. And then from there, you know, I went through like so many different phases. I went through my dubstep phase. I went through my big room EDM phase. And I went, and then like, I feel like as my journey like progressed through electronic music, my like tastes became a bit more refined. Yeah. And that's where I'd like really obviously landed on house music. Moving to Chicago was a big part of that. And then I started digging into like the, you know, the history of house music and like where it started here in Chicago, but also the roots of it in the UK going down to like the blog era, like blog house era days, you know, just like I found that house music is where what really stuck with me. And then from there, I moved into techno. And now I'm at this like sweet spot between house and techno where there's just like a never ending amount of music for me to listen to. I love that. I also love to hear stories from like, what I call like dance music lifers, people that there's like, I've put dance music people into two groups. There's people that find this in like in college yeah, and they, they move through it throughout college. And then they leave college. They're like, all right, I'm done going to parties. Now I'm going to get a real job and yeah. move on, move on with my life. And then there's like <laughs> dance music lifers that are like, I don't care if I'm, I don't care if I'm 25 or I'm 60, I'm still going to be doing this same thing forever and ever and ever. And I'm going to continue following the evolution of dance music as long as it's a thing, which is going to be forever. Right. And I, I love, I love to see like people, and I find that people like dig into their, like digging into the past is like a big part of like their journey. How has Chicago been like a part of that, like evolution yeah. in your, in your history? Yeah. I mean, living in Chicago, well, moving to Chicago, I'm from just outside of the city. I went to school in Tennessee where I was mm -hmm. about, as far from dance music as you can possibly get. Yeah. And then when I moved back to Chicago, I just like immediately dove into the house scene here. And, you know, my entire life just started revolving around dance music and Chicago and like learning all about the roots of house music in Chicago and going to see Derek Carter at Queen as much as I possibly could. And just, you know, really learning about the history of, you know, the music and the culture that it defined and, you know, the people and living here and being able to totally submerge myself in all of that has been like, it's been amazing. I'm, I'm so, I'm so happy that I live here and it's really shaped like who I am as an artist in a lot of ways. How did you find that your like musical past helped help move you from fan to artist? Are you particularly musically inclined? Was something that was that something else that you grew up with, or was this like a talent that you discovered as a result of being like entrenched in dance music? So I grew up playing instruments. I played the flute, the piano, and the bass piano. I was in a competitive band growing up, so I've it. always been super musically inclined. Um, I also danced my whole life and I uh, choreographed a dance. So I would have to make mixes for all of the dances that I would choreograph. So like just my life has revolved around music for as long as I can possibly remember. Did you ever foresee, I mean, I know you had, you, you worked in like design, mm -hmm. um, interior design. Yeah. Did you ever foresee yourself moving into music given the fact that you've been like, been like a musician for your whole life or was it always just something that you did on the side? Yeah, it was always just something I did as a hobby, completely for fun. I was always, you know, my friends always joke around that I was always like the the USB DJ everywhere we went or, or the 
not USB, the like dongle or like the iPhone yeah. DJ, like everywhere we'd go, I'd be the one that like, I have to play the music. Everyone has to listen to me, but it just wasn't ever something that I thought I would do. I, you know, I come from, you know, a, an Italian family of very, like you go to school, you get a corporate job, you do this. And this is like, like the path you follow in life. And I've always been sort of the black sheep in my family and that, that didn't feel right for me. Yeah. So I went through all down all these different creative avenues. Um, still never thought I would end up doing music, but once I started it, I was like, this is it. This works for me. I'm like, I love every second of this. So just went for it. I love to hear that. Despite the, I mean, especially for the fact that it seems like this is kind of a predetermined thing for your whole life because you've been doing this forever, mm -hmm. but also for the fact that you've like, you've continued to pursue creative avenues of, of expression for such a long time that this is kind of like a natural progression for you. Yeah, it definitely feels like it. I mean, I, as soon as I started, you know, playing music, making music, it all just seemed to come to me like really easily which you know I don't want that to sound re like you know I'm up my own ass or something but it just like it just felt right and I I grasped onto everything really quickly and yeah. um yeah it's 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 been great well I think it's okay to toot your own horn a little bit um because one you've been like training for this for a long time but two natural talent is something you should be proud of no. um <laughs> you know what I'm saying yeah like no, you should never feel like encumbered to to say that, hey, I just I, I discovered this and I've been doing this for a really long time. But when I started like doing the thing, it came easily to me. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. I mean, clearly it came easy to you. Like <laughs> you've like had some explosive growth in the last year. And I want to talk about like two things that like have happened as a result of that. The first one being Dirty Disco, mm -hmm. um, which is just a really fantastic event concepts. Um, and the fact that you're not just doing it in Chicago, but starting to take it outside of Chicago is really fascinating. Can you talk about like how you decided on doing that and what, what it means to you? Yeah. So Dirty Disco, it, Dirty Disco really came to me during COVID because two things happened. One, I stopped working in interior design. Right. And two, I got to spend time with people outside of the clubs because Pre-COVID, I was in nightclubs all the time. That's what I did right. for fun. That's what where we were. And because everything came to a screeching halt, it gave me time to reassess what I wanted to do for a living and also to talk to people just about life. And one thing yeah. I learned was that a lot of the women that I'm friends with or acquaintances with stopped going to nightclubs because they felt uncomfortable at them. And it's not because they don't love music. They love music. They go to music festivals. They do all this. But when it comes to being at a nightclub until three o'clock in the morning, they just don't do it because they feel like there's just way too much like predatory behavior going on. Yeah. And I hadn't really thought about it because I'm quite a bold person. And when I'm out, if someone's, you know, in my personal space, I have no problem being like, get the F away from me. Right. But for other women, it's not, it doesn't come that easy and they feel uncomfortable. So they'd rather avoid the situation. So I wanted to start a night in Chicago in a nightclub that had a really strong female energy where, you know, women could get dressed up like they do, like go out to dinner with their friends dressed up and then come to a nightclub and feel comfortable and also listen to the music that they love. So I started Dirty Disco in an effort to just create a more female friendly night and, you know, not just female friendly, just 
more inclusive, a night where everyone can come and know like no one's going to put up with BS. There's not going to be a bunch of creepy guys here because they know, you know, not to bother coming because we're all on right. the lookout for it. And so, yeah, I started Dirty Disco and it also gives me an opportunity to design spaces. So every party we throw, I design myself. I'm in there like hanging flowers, hanging disco balls the day before the party. So it's an opportunity for me to like bring all of these things that I love together and to also like build a community in Chicago um, that all, you know, revolves around music. So that's where I started with Dirty Disco. <laughs> that's there's like so many things that are fascinating about this. Not just the fact that you get to like express two sides of yourself. You get to express your musical side and your like other artistic inclinations, but also that you're creating an inclusive space. Um, because, you know, despite dance music's like claims of being inclusive, it's it has gotten really scary for a lot of people. Definitely. Um, and it's it's beautiful, especially in the city that house music built that you're doing something that's so inclusive for the community. It's just like another way of you like expanding beyond your musical inclination. So I love to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. It's been really great. Honestly, like the responses, I didn't know when, when this started, how it was going to go down or how successful it was going to be. But, you know, we've done quite a few parties now and I get like, you know, so many messages and from people, not just women, just people saying like, you know, that was one of the best parties I've ever been to. Like the vibes on the dance floor are so great. Like everyone's happy. Everyone's like, you know, and that's, that's all I could ask for is that people come and they like are able to be themselves and enjoy themselves fully because that's what dance music's all about. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, I think when we party with intention in that way, it, almost 100% of the time produces great results. Yeah. Um, anytime that I've seen a brand like really step out front and say, we have a mission and our mission is about inclusivity or it's about being intentional about what we're doing, that it's just better for the scene overall. Like it really reminds everybody, oh, wait, this is why we're here. Right, exactly. And like, you think of like, you know, obviously there's my little dirty disco, but then you think about like defected. And their yeah. messaging is so clear. Like, this is about inclusivity. This is about love. Yeah. This is about house music. And every defected mm -hmm. event I go to, I'm just like, this is amazing. I love everybody here. And everything about this is just like, it's it's perfect. And they've like really smashed it on that. Yeah, absolutely. And there's other other brands that are popping up, like He, She, They. Love you actually played, they. You played in San Francisco on... Um, on New Year's for I live I'm from from San Francisco I'm actually really? I live in Oakland and the promoter you played for Opal in San Francisco mm -hmm. is another one of those brands that really sets an intention for everything that they do and they aim to be inclusive and they aim to be you know really intentional about everything they're doing and I just love to see you joining that brigade and like 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 hitting it home and also moving outside of chicago and doing this all over the place i love to see it yeah yeah we're doing uh we're doing a boat party in miami music week which is super yes. exciting and we have you know scream and dj seinfeld so that's gonna be a hoot and then yeah we um we're, we've got some other cities on the radar that we're talking to so things are moving i love to hear that um, I also want to talk about the second thing that's immensely fascinating about you is your work as a producer, um, which may seem new, but you've been working in music and, you know, creating for a really long time. Mm -hmm. But I want to talk about your first release on Higher Grounds. Um, the runaway success of that is is absolutely amazing. But I think what people don't see is that the, hard, the years of hard work that came before that. 
can you talk about the process of you discovering your love for making music and how eventually that turned into producing music? Yeah, so I started playing around with making music years ago, just with no no intention, really, or no expectation. Um, and it wasn't until, what, three, four years ago, where I really started sitting down um, with my husband, who's also, he's also a music producer. Right. And he was working on an album, and I was just sitting in the studio with him all day, every day. And I would, you know, give him my ideas. I'd play some guitar licks, you know, I'd play some chords. And he, like, as time went on, it was more of like, okay, these are really sick ideas, but like, I can't use these because they don't fit with my music. Um, and so he basically said to me one day, like, you really need to try and do this yourself because like, I can't take these ideas from you and use them. They don't work for me. And you have like such like a unique style and sound like you should really just try and do this yourself. So then I did and I just worked and worked and worked until something came together that I felt like proud of, I guess. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and that's when I just started like working on actually making tracks myself. And my first song that I got signed was with Higher Ground and it was I've Been Waiting. And that was a song that I actually just made with no intention of ever releasing. I didn't think I ever wanted to release my own music, but I was DJing a lot. Um, right. So I wanted to make some music that I wanted to play in my DJ sets. And that's why I made I've Been Waiting because the original Cassie song is like one of my favorite songs of all time. Um, and I just wanted like kind of a banging fun techno edit of it to play in my sets. And um, I think <laughs> Diplo, Diplo was somewhere, heard someone play out, and that's when it got sent to Higher Ground. And Sam from Higher Ground was just like, yeah, we want to sign this song. We, we want it. And it kind of just like everything took off from there. That's such a great story. Yeah. I love to hear that. I love to see, like, especially given the, the idea that you, you made this kind of without the thought of ever releasing it like it was think for I was you ever going to be doing this as a career like I did not think I was going to be releasing my music I was you know I did I, I didn't I didn't expect any of this to happen so the fact that it is and that people are like actually like my music is resonating with people is like really crazy to me and I like sometimes feel like I have to take a couple of steps back and like think about what what really is going on well, I know your husband's part. I know your husband's part of Gorgon City, mm -hmm. so you kind of have like not a comparison, but like oh, a, a different aspect to look at this from. So when you compare like him, who's always been doing music and entered music with the intention of releasing music, and you look at yourself and you kind of like fell into this without the intention, but you always really loved it. Mm -hmm. do, do you feel do you feel more grateful for what you've what, what you've accomplished, given the fact that this this just kind of like, it didn't fall into your lap. You did a lot of hard work, but you, you discovered this in such a unique way. Yeah, I feel like I'm in a unique situation where I've been, well, first of all, if it wasn't for COVID and I wasn't like forced to sit in our little home studio and like learn the ins and outs of music production all day, every day for years, like yeah. I don't think that this all would have come to be at all. Um, I also have like the best teacher and mentor like in the world. My husband is like a very, very prolific sound engineer and producer. And he, there's like nothing he doesn't know about music production. So I have a right. great teacher. And so I'm really, really 
grateful. And I understand that I'm like in a unique situation where I was able to like learn this in a way that so many people can't. Um, So yeah, I do feel like extremely grateful that now I get to pursue this passion that I have as a career and um, yet do something I love, which is rare in life to do something that you love so much. I love it. Um, I always like to wrap things up by asking the next question before the speed round. And that is what excites you about the future of dance music? Honestly, what excites me so much right now is that I feel like not only is dance music moving so much into the mainstream, like there are people, more people now listening to dance music than I think ever before. And also the people that have been listening to dance music forever are now starting to dig deeper into the history of it and to discover some sounds that they, you know, haven't heard of before. Because now that dance music is everywhere, it's like, yeah, I'm kind of over like the pop pop house that I'm hearing on the radio all the time and stuff. So now I want to dig into like, what is this like UK funky sound? Or like, what is, you know, garage or garage? Like, you know, and people are like really open to discovering new sounds, which gives people who are making music more creative freedom like you're not like you don't have to pigeonhole yourself as like i'm gonna make tech house or i'm gonna make tech notes like i want to experiment with like breakbeat i want to experiment with like drum and bass or whatever and there's now like a whole new pool of people that are interested in those sounds and discovering them so i think that's super exciting 100 percent. it's definitely made dj sets more interesting Mm -hmm. uh recently i dj and produce myself too and like just being able to like kind of drop whatever you want on a dance floor and see people be like like five to seven years ago you had to stay in a lane right because if if you diverged outside of the lane people would get confused Mm -hmm. and put off and they'd be like i don't know what's happening right now i gotta go yeah um but now there's so many people that are just kind of doing whatever they want Mm -hmm. like and and going for it i love to see that and i think fans are like super down to be taken aback like i love when i'm at a rave and someone just like whoever i'm seeing just like drops in like a random Whitney Houston song or like, you know, just something like completely unexpected. And the whole crowd yeah. just loses their shit because everyone is like, yes, this is new. This is exciting. This is like surprising me. And it's so funny because in the early, early days of like the rave movement, this is what DJing and production was. Mm-hmm. It was like, nobody knew what the hell they were doing so there were no rules they were just like i'm just gonna try this thing and see if it works and then i'm gonna try something that's completely the opposite of it next week and see if that works yeah and it's kind of like we've come full circle it only took 40 years right and it's super (laughs) exciting like going out and hearing other djs dj sets i love so much because like you said people are like taking more risks and then like i'll leave like a random dj set and be like wow did he really fucking play that that was so sick like you know it's it's really it makes it more fun everything's just it's more exciting yes beautifully said um so we're gonna hop into the speed round now are you ready ready it's not super fast because they're, they're all random questions so you may have to think about them but they're all <laughs> super random so it's gonna be fun okay cool so first question was what was your first thought this morning I'm hungover. <laughs> I was hungover this morning. <laughs> yes, that's not the first time I've heard the answer. <laughs> um, next question. Deep dish, pizza or casserole? Okay, that's not fair because I live in Chicago. Honestly, I, that's why I asked it. I think I have to say casserole. It's it's not pizza. And people are going to be so no. mad. But it's not pizza. It's not. 
it's really not. Mm-hmm. I respect I respect the, the honest answer. I like went off as everyone does. I went through a deep dish phase, and then one day I was like, "This is pretty effing disgusting." Like I need to stop eating this. It's so much. It's too much. It's it's way too much food. Yeah, <laughs> I don't need to eat a whole loaf of bread. Right. <laughs> Would you rather never hear your favorite song again or be forced to play your least favorite song in every set you play forever? Oh, yeah. Oh, I think I would. I think I would have to never hear my favorite song again. That maybe you may be like the first person who ever said that. Really? Oh, my gosh. I think there's like nothing worse than being forced to hear a song you hate over and over. I think it like <laughs> even hearing songs that I hate, like often drives me to the point of like insanity i love that's fair that's fair point (laughs) would you rather only be able to whisper or only be able to shout i guess shout because i shout a lot anyways same (laughs) (laughs) favorite food to eat on tour um I'm like a sucker for like Mexican fast food. So like tacos and burritos or Taco Bell. Honestly, even when I'm not touring, sometimes I'll have to do a little sneaky Taco Bell. I love Taco Bell. I love it. (laughs) And the next one is a good one because you woke up with a hangover, but what's your ultimate hangover meal? Ramen. Yes. Have to have soup. I'm a big soup girl. So when I'm hungover, it's got to be a big bowl of ramen, which I'm probably going to get tonight for dinner. I love to hear it. I'm a pho guy, so I always get, if I'm hungover, that's the first thing I, I go for. Honestly, pho is like way better for hangovers because ramen's really heavy and greasy, and pho is actually healthy. But yeah, they're both amazing. I love them both. Oh, I'm not going to doubt the the power of ramen either. <laughs> <laughs> if I looked at your recently played tunes on Spotify, what would you want to hide? Oh, I don't know. Probably just the fact that I listened to Marabou State's Kingdoms in Color album, like at least twice a week front to back i've like i've listened to it way too much it's a really good album it's on it's just like it's my favorite if i'm sad i listen to it if i'm happy i listen to it if i'm doing stuff around the house i listen to it i listen to it so much that i think my husband is like has like put earplugs in sometimes it's okay i listen to fiona's fiona apple's uh title album um (laughs) At least twice a month. And it's only a little bit embarrassing that she's like one of my top played artists on Spotify. Also, I listen to Call Me by Blondie like a lot, like way too much. It's a fantastic song. It's a fantastic song. (laughs) What sound or noise do you love? Oh, the sound of my cats purring is my favorite thing in the world. That is so sweet. I love my cats so much. I'm obsessed with them. What's the strangest place you've ever fallen asleep? God, probably like, um, honestly, probably in a nightclub. I definitely slept in some nightclubs a few times. (laughs) I love it. What's worse, random people you haven't spoken to in years hitting you up for guest lists or a hangnail? Guest list people. Oh, they, they come out of the woodworks, don't they? They every single time. Yeah. Hey, every single time. Hey, I haven't spoken to you in 10 years, but me and 30 of my friends really want to come to your show. My worst my worst one was a junior high school friend asking me the question, then following it up with that same request. Oh, can we all can I also get VIP? Like And it also no, starts with the and like, also no. It also starts with a really like like surface level question, like, hey, it's been such a long time. How are you doing? And you're like, okay. 
Let's okay. get to the point. Let's here. get to the point. <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> and my last question finish this sentence. House music is life. Yes, I love it. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time out to speak to me today. It's been fun. Yeah, it's been so much fun. Thanks so much. Absolutely. And we're looking forward to hearing your set on Ocho this weekend. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited. This was a really fun one, too. I played some some funky stuff on there. So hope you like it. Lovely. Well, thank you again so much. And we'll be speaking to you soon. Okay, cool. Have a good one. Bye. You too. Bye.